thank you for joining us as we are two preachers talking about the challenges of reopening our churches, just trying to figure this thing out today on the Two Preachers Podcast. And welcome back. My name is Ben James. I am the pastor of First Church of Christ in Grayson, Kentucky. Glad to be here with you again today, and I am glad to be with seeing my wonderfully amazing, awesome bishop, reverend, deacon, overseer, elder, brother in Christ. Josh Schmidt. You know what's interesting about that is that's exactly what I have on my business card, Ben. Uh, Above the door. It's a a humongous, like a five by eight card. It's huge. But I'm the pastor of First Baptist Grayson, and I'm super glad to be here today, too, buddy. Awesome, man. What's um what's been going on with you? We uh, you know we've we recorded our last one, and this is for our listeners. This is the therefore. If this was a Pauline letter. This is the therefore yeah. statement to our last episode. This is the connectivity thing right now, and we're getting ready to go into the follow-up thought of that. But before we do that, Josh, ministry moment. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, I believe, Ben, or it was the day before yesterday, came home uh, for a little bit, and I come to the office and and pop back home several times a day. I'm fixing lunch and doing things like that and spending time with my wife and son, and one of my neighbors uh, drove by. We live in a subdivision where there are a lot of houses, and um, we've talked. I've talked to this individual about the gospel multiple times, and one of my neighbors came through in front of uh, our house and stopped by because I uh, just bought a Jeep recently. Uh, my, my moment of brilliance, Ben, I, I bought a Jeep the day before the economy crashed. And so that was a good idea. The first part, of, anyway, that, the first part of that was a humble brag. Then the second part of it was, was a realization of humble my stupidity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, this individual stopped by, uh, they have a Jeep too. And that we were talking about that and it, it's crazy how the Jeep is a awesome uh, transition into the gospel. I'd never realized that before, but we started talking. Uh, we had a great gospel conversation, and I'm praying that the Lord would would make something come of that. So I'm, I'm hoping that you would partner alongside me, Ben, and pray for this individual that God would do something with them. Uh, absolutely. What about you? Ministry moment for you, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we as pastors, contrary to popular belief, are not void of emotions. Is we, that a popular belief? I, I think so. At least that's what I'm told anyhow. Um, you know, we experience the emotional roller coaster from time to time as well. And we have very much been on a roller coaster of emotions uh, throughout this Amen. quarantine and this um, time of isolation. And Sunday, was one of those for me. Uh, I mean, it, it was a good day, and I don't know what was going on, but, man, I was just really, really struggling on Sunday and all the way through Sunday evening. And then we, um, you know, I, I start getting text messages, Facebook messages, and I hadn't said anything, hadn't posted anything. I made my wife swear to me that she hadn't sent anything out. But I just start getting flooded with these text messages of encouragement and these messages awesome, of man. appreciation of just how much the, the the church people appreciated me, what what we were doing as a staff, and it's um, 
you know, it's not always about, and this is the body concept, it's not always about what we pour into our people, but it's about what people pour into us as well. Amen, brother. I'm so thankful for your church. And um, there's, there is just something sweet that it's hard to explain to people who aren't pastors. There's something sweet about receiving a message or a card that just says, Pastor, I love you. I'm praying for you. Yeah. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are listening to this, uh, just as our last episode, we are recording via Zoom. Uh, Resuming. So, yeah, resume. Um no, no. It's one of those inside thoughts that just misses that. I thought, it, I thought it was fine. Your Thanks. wife Thanks. will hate it, but I thought it was fine. <laughs> My daughter, who didn't even hear it, is currently rolling her eyes, and she has no idea why she's doing it, but, but there's something within the force. Uh, but we are on our YouTube channel. This video will be um, posted a few days after you're actually hearing this audio. Uh, and again, you're going to be able to see our lovely faces that were made for radio. So today, we are going to talk about the challenges that we're facing uh, currently, uh, reopening our churches, uh, going back to in-person gatherings. Um, and I kind of said at the beginning to my elders, not knowing how much truth there was in this statement, I said, you know, as frustrating and as stressful and as confusing as it is closing down our in-person gatherings, I have a feeling that it's going to be 10 times worse yes. trying to reopen them. And here we are. So Josh, what's what's going on in, in your world in regards to reopening in-person services? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, seriously, this is I think, you know, the, the, the shutting down wasn't as complicated. I don't think Ben, because we just had to make that decision, yeah. um, uh, with limited information, we made the best decision possible. The problem is now we have an overabundance of information and it's coming from everywhere. And so that has, it's one of the reasons this has become so more has become more challenging. And so we're working through that right now. Our church leadership has been putting together a plan for over a month now, actually getting ready to meet uh, again for like the 85th time uh, <laughs> in a couple of hours to do a final walk through our facilities, things like that. In our specific ministry context here in Kentucky, um, there, there are quite a few uh, regulations that have been placed on churches just to make sure they come back together safely. And so we have to meet a lot of requirements in order that we can resume in-person services. And so we want to abide by those guidelines, understanding that guidelines exist for a reason. And, um, and so that's what we've been working through right now. And I'm guessing, Ben, it's been very similar for you guys. Yeah. I'm sure you've yeah. been in a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls, a lot of walkthroughs and things like that. How's this been for you guys? Similar. I mean, you know, and yep. it, it's one of those that uh, after all of this is done, air quotes, and we return back to normal, air quotes, um, if I never see another Zoom meeting in my life, I don't know that I will miss it. Yeah, uh, that's a fact. So, um, yeah, it's just finding that balance. And, and I'm sure that we'll talk about this as we go go on through the episode of uh, you know, just this balance of how do we remain faithful to Scripture, um, because there's there's not only an element of remaining faithful to Scripture um, in in the decision of postponing in-person services and reopening, but then how do we what is what's being faithful to Scripture in the in between 
you know, how do we remain faithful to be a church without in-person gatherings for a season? Uh, but we face being faithful to Scripture. Then we face this honoring our government, you know, and honoring those that are in authority over us as we're commanded to do biblically. And then trying to balance that third part of it, which is loving our neighbor, which is part of yeah. the great commandment. So it's, it's half of it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very, yeah. Yeah. it's very, very important. So the podcast episode title is the challenges of reopening the church. Let's talk about why this is so challenging. Three things really came to mind, and I want to just kind of get your thoughts on them. Ben, first off, I think the reason this is so challenging is because we aren't professionals at this. We're not epidemi- we're not epidemiologists. We don't you know we don't work for the CDC. I don't know about you before um, before this. Uh, the only virus I knew was the Cyrus virus, Billy Ray Cyrus, all that in the right. early nineties. But no, I had no idea on coronavirus. And so one of the reasons this is so challenging is because we are trying to filter through all of this information that's out there about um, how, how it is that this virus can be combated and what our role is in that. And it's coming from a lot of places with a lot of different ideas and opinions. And just my personal perspective on this, I feel like um, it seems like it's constantly evolving as people understand coronavirus better and better. And so um, it's it's kind of happening real time. Our plans have changed constantly. And so one of the reasons this is challenging is because I don't know anything about viruses, Ben. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. Other than I try to do my best to stay away from them. And you know, and yeah, really, right. that's what's at the heart of this thing is doing our best and what's responsible and wise and prudent to stay away from, you know, to stay away from this thing. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the, the reality of it is, Josh, you and I, what, and I, I hate to use the term professional, but since that's part of it, you know, our profession is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right. And I am, that's right. I have, I am far, so far away from perfecting that, that until I get to that place of perfecting my profession, then I don't need to act like I am <laughs> that I understand someone else's profession, um, and and you're right. Just the fluidity of this thing, man. That yeah. when we go to bed tonight, and and even as this thing is settling, when we go go to bed tonight, it's a good chance that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning to different information than what we go to bed to tonight. Um, and, yeah. and that's even in the realms of guidelines. I mean, my goodness, is a mask a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it a neutral thing? I mean, right. tell me. Right. Just tell me. And I don't the, mind to you know, do it. Just tell me. What's so interesting about this is, man, we need to give these people grace too. Like, oh, yeah. so I am, I'm, my plans for, I hope God's plans for our church, I should say, um, have, um, we, we're currently trying to figure out exactly what that is. And our understanding of it has changed quite a bit. So I can't fault some government leader because their understanding of the virus has changed as well because we're doing the exact same thing yeah. in our facilities. Yeah. So we're hoping for grace in this time. And we need to show grace to other people um, because we're not professionals. And they, for the most part, weren't tasked uh, or didn't realize they were going to have this task either. Yeah. Well, and just showing how God can work here. I mean, one of the gospel conversations that I've been able to have throughout this process actually happened at a local bank, kind of yelling around a drive-through, um, you know, 
booth there because this one person was beside me was really getting frustrated. I mean, ugly, almost frustrated uh, with the service and the time and and just that understanding. And I finally just you know just said, "Hey, man, come on, you know they weren't they this is new to them too. They're not used to having to do all of these big substantial." You know, things that you would typically do in person in a bank inside the building. Um, and we just kind of took that conversation from there. So, yeah, that just that that grace element yeah. is so important. And so all of this confluence of information that we um, are receiving has led to, I think, a, another second challenge um, that we are going to have to combat. And that's the division that's come from it. Mm. Our previous podcast really kind of talked a lot about this but we focused more on unifying. And so let's just talk about the fact that our congregations are probably pretty divided. You know, we're just people and um, our churches are filled with people who have different opinions about how this should work and how we should come back together. And so I'm just experiencing in my own church, Ben, um, and I'm sure you probably have to some degree as well, people who genuinely feel differently about this. And so for that reason, we're, we're going to have to navigate that. One of the, I think, most helpful things that people have realized as they put out information about coming back together is the most important thing that we can do is rather than trying to accommodate every belief and feeling and things like that, we can we just need to try to figure out a middle ground where we can at least be united in that. And so one of our challenges that we're going to face is working through congregations who genuinely disagree with the one, the way the other person feels about the shutdown and things like that. Yeah. I think that what we're seeing is this concept right here is it starts out on a micro level. And then I think we see it kind of spread out to the macro level. And, And what I mean by that is I think that we first on the micro level, we have to deal with that inside of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of understanding and, and what it's looked like in my world is that I had to come to that realization early on that, you know what, I have opinions about this. I have thoughts and I have feelings on this. And mine may be different than yours and probably different from a lot of our listeners. But I had to come to that understanding within myself that it's really not all about what my opinion is. Then that had to spread out to the eldership at our church through conversations of us understanding that, hey, these decisions that we're making cannot be based on what our personal opinions are. We have to yeah. take in um, in you know, the entirety of what our people think and feel. And I think that we're just seeing that spread out to more of a macro level that our congregations are going to, and it's going to be part of our responsibility to communicate with them. Of uh, This is about finding that middle ground, like you said, of, what is going to be best for everyone? And we're going to ask you to make the sacrifice of putting your personal feelings aside, not even aside, but just keep them to yourself uh, and, yeah. and don't be divisive with it. Because if you have 100 people show up at your church, chances are you're going to have almost 100 different opinions and thoughts as to oh, how yeah. things are supposed to play out. I've had almost 100 different opinions myself in, in oh, throughout yeah. this. I mean, it's just my opinion has changed with everything I've read and, and pastors and church leaders, if you're wondering if your church has an opinion about coronavirus, they do. Yes. Uh, they 100% yes. do. I read an article earlier, Ben, from Pew Research that found that 44% of the people that they surveyed said that they talk about coronavirus all the time. Mm. See, mm. it's the the thing that's on, it's the albatross in all of our minds right now. It's just constantly consuming everything that we do. And for that reason, we've all formulated opinions. So pastor, church leader, 
even congregate. It's so important uh, during this time that you do not make this reopen more challenging by being divisive. Um, it kind of really leads to the third place, Ben, that I wanted to take us on the challenge of reopening. And this one is really important for us um, because of what it represents in American culture today. But pastors and church leaders are going to find it challenging as we navigate faithfulness to both government and God and, and figuring out how this works. We, The way I understand Romans 13, 1, Ben, is that we're to submit to our authorities because God has placed them above us for a reason. Apostle Paul's writing this when um, Christians are being persecuted and killed in, in Rome, in the empire because of Nero. And so even despite that real genuine intense persecution, the Apostle Paul is telling believers that they have a responsibility to obey the government because God has established it. And so now we're, we're at a point, Ben, where it seems like some churches have perceived that um, the regulations placed on churches have become onerous or um, are intentionally targeting churches and things like that. And so one of the reasons this this reopen is going to be challenging is because we're going to have to work through that with our church. We're going to have to work through that with the government. And we're going to have to figure out what the balance is for us to obey government and obey God. Because we also believe that we have a responsibility to gather as the saints um, and things like that. So that's going to be a very challenging aspect of this reopen, wouldn't you say? Oh, there's there's no doubt. And I think that as we look at, you know, honoring the government and, and honoring their authority, like you was talking about that the Apostle Paul talks about, uh, you know, really the only time, and, and we can speak from the context of our state, um, you know, the only time throughout this entire process that I really had one of those moments where I looked and was like, whoa, now, wait a minute, we, we're going to have an issue here. When the initial recommended guidelines were released in the state of Kentucky, one of the elements was no congregational singing, that they were, you know, saying that, hey, do canned music, uh, do guitars, do things like that, no, no vocals, you know, no wind instruments. And at that point, I think that it, just about every pastor in our state kind of reared back, if they weren't already reared back to begin with, and said, okay, wait a minute, this is, yeah. this is, I think that we honor our government, and, and I'm not, I'm not the expert on this, there's far better right. sources out there, but until that becomes them asking us to compromise foundations of our faith, and, and what, what the Bible instructs us to do, and singing praises to God is something that we are commanded to do. Uh, now that, you know, to our governor's credit, that didn't that didn't stand very long. You know, he, he quickly right. made the adjustment on that. Um, you know, so that was the only thing, as I can speak through our context. And, and I think that if, um, you know, we, we have to find that balance of what's being honoring to God, what's being honoring to our government and what's being honoring to our people. So yeah, that, that Amen. balance of figuring that out is, can be nightmarish at times. It's been um, a unique situation, I think specifically. And of course, you know, I can only see what's in front of me. I've got blinders about what's happening in other States. 
but it's been very unique to to navigate this as a church and to as a pastor. And I'm thankful that I have had other pastors like you, Ben, that I could talk through this with, because if I was isolated mm. in my own mm. context and not connected to anybody else, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. And so for that reason, I'm thankful. But pastors, start working through that. I know you've already been doing that as you've tried to figure out how is it that we can remain faithful both to God and government and be faithful and a blessing to our neighbors in this season? Just understand that this is going to be a part of the challenge in coming back together. Yeah. And so if we're presenting all these challenges to you, and if we just ended right now, this would be the worst podcast episode ever. <laughs> we would just be like, figure it out, you know, do it on your own. We don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk through some some practical application for this, Ben, um, I just wanted to mention two ways that, that that I feel like God through His Word has kind of revealed uh, to our church, and I'm sure to your church, that would be beneficial for us to come back together. Number one, it is so very important that you come back together safely. Amen. And I think this would be a moment where we both kind of talk through um, our our process in in coming back together, and when it is that we feel like and how we feel like God's bringing us back together. So don't come back too soon if you're going to put at risk both your congregants and your neighbors. That is of no value. And hear me when I say this, pastor, you have a responsibility as the under shepherd of your church. One of the things that a shepherd does is protect his sheep. Yes. And this could be very damaging for your sheep. You've seen, I'm sure, been articles of churches that um, either defied governmental orders or mm -hmm. came back sooner than they should have. And there were dire, deadly consequences for their congregation. And so unless you are willing to unnecessarily put your congregation at risk, don't come back too soon unless you have proper, proper precautions in place. And so let's talk about some of those, Ben. Sure. Like what what kind of things are um, has the leadership at First Church decided that you're going to do whenever it is you come back together? What sort of safeguards are you putting in place? Things like that. Okay. I think the, the first thing, and I'll, I'll just say this quickly and move on because I know these aren't necessarily practical steps to the safety protocol sure. and stuff, but I know that you and I both, our churches, did a little bit of a survey uh, yeah. and, and that survey was more of a, of a psychological survey. I mean, we wanted to see where our people were in their thoughts and their feelings. Um, don't, under, you know, that can't make the decision for you, you know, yeah. but value where your people are, you know, where, where they're at in their thinking, where they're at in their feeling and reach out to them and, and give them and, you know, a forum to be able to express those for you. And that doesn't make the decision for you, but that can tell you a lot about what direction you need to take the decision. Um, you know, we, we purposefully waited, uh, three weeks. I think, I think you guys are going to be a couple weeks. Ours is, is three weeks. Um, we waited a little bit longer after we were given the green light to return, uh, just because we wanted to be able to sit back and be able to sit, you know, remain online and see how all of this happened and then how the guidelines changed or if they stayed the same throughout the process. Uh, just because you, you guys feel it too, that um, there's, there's some elements of being one of the larger churches in our areas that, that's really a blessing. Right. That's, that's such an awesome thing. But that brings with it challenges as well. Yes, it does. Uh, so, you know, it's not, um, it, it's not an easy thing to reopen at this point. Uh, so we, we, the first step that we took was just kind of stepping back and saying, okay, let's remain online 
and let's see how how the information flows in and keep an eye and a pulse on that. Yeah, same way. Um, you know, one of the things that both of our churches ha- have done uh, recently, not I mean, in the last couple of years, is put a, uh, a priority on protecting our congregation safe from um, active shooter events mm-hmm. and things like that and placing all these policies and plans uh, in place. And I think we need to put every much as uh, effort into coming back together safely in the midst of this virus. Yeah. Because we have the same purpose. We want to protect the people that we love. Um, we're, we're a lot like you, Ben. So we did the survey. We've we've decided we're going to um, wait a couple of weeks um, past what was allowed for us to come back together just to make sure that we could um, come back together safely. Um, in our context, there are regulations like uh, 33% of maximum occupancy is, is what you can allow. And so um, we're meeting in another one of our facilities in our sanctuary that's larger so that we can accommodate a larger crowd, but we're going to probably have to do multiple services and limiting exits and entrances and um, having usher seat people and making sure that people only sit together in family units and making sure everybody's spaced out six feet and using certain disinfectants. And, um, and can you, and can you say that stuff in your sleep now? I know I'm, sure, I can. Oh, yeah. I'm dreaming in, in <laughs> CDC requirements right now. It's the craziest thing. Um, signage everywhere. I've went and got two big A-frame stands with CDC guidelines that are massive that we've, that we've got ready. I mean, um, constantly communicating that it is our responsibility to protect one another, wearing masks, um, anyone, anyone that's touching anything, wearing gloves, having ushers opening doors and closing doors for people, dismissing uh, rows at a time like a funeral home. I mean, it is complicated. And so pastors, if you haven't thought through how you do this, don't open your church back up. Just don't do it. Just continue doing the online worship because you're not going to be faithful to God if you open up without a plan because you're just going to place your people in our community at risk. And so it's so vitally important that we open up safely. Yeah. Yeah. There's also uh, another way that I think that we open up, and maybe this is where we close, men. We don't just open up safely, but it's important that we open up expectantly. Mm. One of the the cool things that I've seen about your church, Ben, has just been God doing something crazy over the last three months and over really this whole year with bringing people to um, salvation uh, and using your church as the the vehicle to make that happen, preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. There is such a hunger in our community specifically right now but across the nation, I believe, for the gospel. Yes. And that has been magnified by this isolation. People are lonely, people are depressed, people are scared, and people are looking for answers. And so, Pastor, when you bring your church back together, expect that you will have the answers to provide these people, and those answers can only be found in the gospel. Amen. And I believe, Ben, I'm crazy. I've told my church this for three months now. I believe that God... Um, is going to do something crazy with this. I believe that revival is going to sweep our community and our region and our nation and and our world because people have finally realized that the the scale's been removed for their eyes and they recognize they're not in control. Mm. And all of a sudden people are going, help. Yes. And and there's only one help. So come back um, expectantly. Come back prepared that there is a harvest that, that needs to be um, that needs to be gathered right now. Yeah, Amen. And I think that you know the safety measures that we take in the physical convey a message 
yeah. to be to come back expectantly. Um, just going back real quickly to the survey that we talked about, we had one person take the survey and was just really honest in one of their answers. You know, they were able to u- utilize the other option that we put on there, and they basically said, "I um, I've never been part of a church in my life. Been to very few churches ever ever before." But I plan, as soon as we can do the in-person services again, I plan on coming to your church, and here's what I would like to see. Um, Amen. And I think that for that one person, how many other people out there are in that same situation but just too scared to say anything like that? So I think that us being prepared uh, with you know good safety measures is is going to convey a message to not only the people who call that place home already, but new people who will be coming in to make that part of their family. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, just that expectancy. And this is another, this is a topic for another episode, but preach the simple gospel. Amen. Pastors Amen. preach the simple. That's important all the time, <laughs> but especially now you have the attention of so many unchurched, dechurched people that they really don't care about your level of, you know, true understanding of the Greek. It's just preach the simple gospel. There's places for that, and, and I love getting deep in the Word, and Josh, I know that you do as well, but when you have that public forum and when you come back, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me take us one more place, and, yeah. and this is where this is where we're going to close. Well, every good message um, has multiple endings, right? Listen, I've I've said for years that in you know that I'll close with this doesn't really mean anything. That's Amen. right. At least at least three times. Yeah. Um, I have been living in the Psalms lately, oh, and yeah. I know you have as well, because uh, it the Psalms really just convey the full range of human emotion. And I've heard it said before that the, the Psalms are the medicine cabinet for the soul. And that uh, anything that we might face, there was a, uh, uh, there's been a recorded response to that emotion. And we find it in the 150 different Psalms. But um, one that I have lived in for the last several weeks is Psalm 84. Uh, Psalm 84 is a beautiful psalm by one of the sons of Korah. It's, um, uh, it looks like it's probably a post-Davidic psalm. Maybe Solomon was the king when it happened because it references the temple. And it's about this guy who is making a pilgrimage to God's house and how he is so longed for it to come back together, um, to, to experience God's presence. And I think that people are um, having the same feeling right now. And so let me read some of it, Ben. And I hope whoever's listening to this, uh, to the millions and millions of people, our millions of listeners that are listening right now, I pray that even us talking about the challenges of reopening would make you long to be back together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. The the whole reason that we're willing to figure these challenges out is because we want to be with one another. Amen. So the psalmist says this, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies. I long and yearn for the courts of my Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Skipping down a couple of verses, he says this, better a day in your courts Mm. than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than live in the tents of wicked people. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. 
the Lord grants favor and honor. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you. Amen. Armies. I have longed to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And even this Zoom call, Ben, seeing your face, man, has really just made my day. But I long for personal interaction. Yeah. And so, pastor, church leader, as you're navigating this season, know that your family, whatever church you're a part of, and the universal church desperately experiences that same longing. And so be willing to navigate this well so that you, you can be back in, back with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. Very well said, my friend. So, are you ready? Do it. Is Spurgeon ready? Let me find him. He's wandered off the Spurge. (laughs) There he is. Okay, so we are now going into our Segway Music. Segway Music! I did not think we could top the level of ridiculousness that that started with. But now that we have video capability, we have taken it to a whole new level. Yes. Yes. I'm embarrassed for us. All right. I'm over it. So, Josh, let me let me just ask you, you know, we usually do what are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? Um, I I know that you just referenced that uh, the book of Psalms, you know, was really where you were camping out. Um, are, are, are there any other passages of scripture or, or a book of the Bible that have really, you found yourself leaning on during these times? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm preaching through second Timothy right now. Um, I, I'm in a kind of a consecutive exposition guy. Mm-hmm. Ben. Mm-hmm. like, I'm not smart enough to figure out a bunch of really cool sermon series. Yeah. So I just jump into a book of the Bible and, um, we had gone through several new Testament series last year, but, um, I felt really drawn to second Timothy because of the urgency that's in the book, the apostle Mm -hmm. Paul at the end of his life, wanting to encourage and exhort his young son in the faith, Timothy. And so um, to hear Paul's urgent words about how we should be faithful in times of trial and suffering has been such a blessing to me. So I have lived in second Timothy. Um, I'm about six sermons in right now and I anticipate us finishing up maybe in four or five weeks um, but I've really enjoyed that. How about you, man? What are you guys preaching through, or what is there a book that you've you've lived in right now? Yeah, um, First Peter. Uh, yeah, that's, great. Another that's, great. One. That's where we've been. Uh, you know, on Sunday mornings, that's where I've been in my personal time, just to just to see how he frames everything. You know, he's writing to a, a people that's that's facing persecution, that's facing trial, that's facing uncertain, unprecedented times. You know, he's, <laughs> that's that's who he's writing to, and how he frames it out of from the very get go in chapter one is that Jesus Christ is our hope mm-hmm. for our past, for our present, and for our future, and that everything else he writes through that book has to be filtered through one of those three lenses of he's awesome. our hope, past, present, future. Uh, and I'm just uh, we're we're getting ready this Sunday, and I know you've ministered on it before, but um, the uh, the passage out of chapter four of First Peter seven through eleven where he talks about the end time stuff and how That's we right. are. Not just about, hey, these are the end times, because that's not what he's he's not yeah. even saying that. We're not saying that, but how you how you're supposed to conduct yourself during these yeah. times. It's just powerful, man. It is so powerful. I assume that you'll like because it's talking about the last days, you'll have like dragon heads and all that stuff. Like you're just gonna have like a 
prophecy chart behind you. And that's what you're going to lecture on the whole time. Takes up the whole stage. (laughs) I love it, man. I recruited uh, my elders and my staff and we're going to come out in one of those Chinese parade dragon. Yeah. 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 Somebody dressed up as uh, Nikolai Capernaum from <laughs> Left Behind <laughs> on the stage, just lecturing. I love it, man. Well, I'm praying for you guys, and I'm hoping that people would hear that message. And it's such a timely message that in these last days, this is how we're supposed to live. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, my friend, it's been good seeing you, good talking to you. We are going to make no promises as to when we will be back with our next episode, but Who hopefully knows? they will be. Um, there, there will be a less time gap uh, in between and we'll be a little bit more consistent hopefully yeah we appreciate you guys and you can connect with us on social media facebook twitter what else do we have we've got an instagram we're gonna have we have a youtube, YouTube. we've got is there other stuff have we got a snapchat yet do we do snapchat i don't yeah i, I you uh, know oh, I, 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 I stalk on snapchat i don't have a tiktok uh, other we, than, we need to start a two preachers podcast tiktok where we're just doing stupid videos all the time <laughs> just standard is this what I'm supposed to, I don't know. All right. And you can reach out to us on our, at our email address, which is two preachers talking at gmail.com. Um, send us some feedback and always remember that if you rate our episode, as long as it's a five-star rating five, um, if you can do more than five, we'll take it. But if you give us a five-star rating, we will shout you out and Ben will buy you a new car. Yes. Matchbox. He's got that Creflo dollar. The Creflo money. dollar money, baby. Hey, you know, and, and listen, there may be something. The last review that we got was from the Macho Man Randy Savage, so people may be intimidated that they can't top that now. Can't follow it up, man. We really appreciate you guys. Yeah, take care, guys. <laughs>